Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. I'm gonna die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. You're a slacker. You stupid idiot! Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Oh, idiot! Game over, man! Hey, hey, careful Whoa. with that, Ronnie Millsap. We're downrange. What's the matter with you? I feel like a Kentucky Fried Idiot. Oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. Gentlemen, Ciccolini here may talk like an idiot and look like an idiot, but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. I was going to spend a night assembling the boys you, but this is holding my interest. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. This is episode 18, and this episode is called WTF BSG, where we'll be talking about the new Battlestar Galactica that'll be happening on NBC's new streaming platform, Peacock. That's right, it's called Peacock. Millions of dollars spent on this thing. I'm guessing hundreds of people involved, and that's the best name they've got. Anyways... (laughs) My name is Todd, and with me as always is a man who, I mean, he needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyways. He is the Booker T to my Stevie Ray. It's time to heat this mother up. I give you the man they call Tim. Now, can you dig it, my brother? I can dig it. <laughs> Five times. Five times. I was really trying to wait until the intro to, to, to make a peep, but man, when you just kept letting it hang out there, I just had to like, I, I just had a little laugh go. Oh I just, I cannot believe that. I mean, uh, seriously, like there's no other hipster misspelling or something that you could have used. You're just going to use Peacock. Yeah. It's, I, it's really incredible that, that I, I, I think we're in kind of this uh, day and age of, of just a lack of creativity all around, it seems. That's not even lack of creativity. That's like... It's almost like generic brand streaming. At least like Disney Plus yeah. is Disney Plus. I mean, you could have just you could have just done hey, it's the NBC streaming app. Yeah. Yep. And 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 actually you could have even gone even you got gone a little more meta and done like instead of it's Gary Shandling's show, you could have done like it's NBC's streaming app. And yeah. that's the name of the app. Mhm. I would have gone along with that. I would have got, gotten a good chuckle out of it. I probably would have been the only one, but you know, granted, right. uh, you know, it, to me, it's a little more creative. But anyways, such as NBC High Tech or something like that would be anything would be better than that name. Gosh, flaming bag of dog poo with a peacock feather sticking out of it. That ought to be the icon. Actually, <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh my gosh. Maybe I'm maybe I'm kind of getting into our topic a little bit before our topic. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe I'm kind of editorializing on how I feel our topic for tonight will go. But let us not get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, we would always, as always, like to thank you for tuning in, for tuning in. Like, this is an old-style st- old radio broadcast. You know, Martha, get up there with the antenna. Move it to the right. i got to hear my stories. <laughs> is it time for Little Orphan Annie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was the only radio show oh. I could think of. My dad used to actually listen to uh, The Shadow. Oh, he had, he had, oh, okay. Nice. I bought him, like, and this is how long ago this was. I bought him uh, those. My, I don't think it was on tape. It might have been CD, but all the old, like, the, you know, Shadow radio shows. Mm. And he used to love those. 
Um, but I could have pulled that one out too. But Little Orphan Annie, I was thinking of the Christmas story. Well, I was going to say that that's the one with the uh, the Ovaltine, you know, secret yes. decoder thingamabob there. <laughs> yes. Drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> I love that tune. Papa says. And that was my first introduction to marketing. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> That's a rough one right there, oh, folks. That is a everyone, rough one. I think, can relate to that one. Oh, yeah. That first time when you discover, like, that, like when you first kind of maybe woke up to the idea that essentially Transformers and G.I. Joe were nothing more than a half-hour toy commercial. Yeah, yeah. When you finally realize that, you're just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, that hurts. Anywho... Uh, but we, we thank you for downloading, for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Free Range Idiocy. We're also at freerangeidiocy.com where you can take us right, take you right to the Podbean page where you can download. Uh, we are on iTunes. We actually might be on Spotify. What? I know. What? It might actually happen. I was working on this this week. And I think I might have gotten it. So by the time this actually is is uploaded and and live to the world, we may actually be on Spotify, ladies and gentlemen. Wow! I I have to just take a moment here. I mean, I am here to tell you dreams can come true. What 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 happened here? Did did you finally get in touch with Shecky down in New York to get this thing wired up, or what? What's going on over there? Well, let's just say that we better not dip too low on our numbers, otherwise I might <laughs> lose pieces. <laughs> I mean, what am I supposed to do now? My my whole New York vendetta was hinged on this whole thing. Now, now you're, I, you're I, I'm losing. I had to this. make a bargain, and I'm I feel like I might have made some promises that I can't keep. But okay, we'll see. All right. we'll see. Well, there there's there's always baseball, so I can be mad at New York for that. So, <laughs> of course, that's always an option. I would think. Yes. So I, we ought to move on to the the uh, the really what most people would probably call the highlight of the show, and it happens about five minutes in, and then it just goes downhill from there. But uh, sir, as always, uh, the big question tonight: What are you drinking? To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Uh, I am uh, sampling, uh, tasting, enjoying, if you will. Uh, a little bit of. Are you actually drinking it, or are you like just sniffing it all night? Right now, I'm I'm staring at it. I'm about to take a sip, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just staring lovingly at it, making eyes at it, uh, whispering it... <laughs> sweet nothings into it. One moment, please. <sighs> there we go. All right. I don't um, know if we quite needed that <laughs> much detail. <laughs> so, pretty sure I heard a nose hair rattle. <laughs> Oh, good Lord. Uh, it is uh, brewed in Chicago, uh, Revolution Brewing, uh, a Belgian-style pale, pale ale they call a little crazy. So that that is what I am having uh, this evening. That fits in with our program very nicely. Well, I figure. You know, I mean, free-range idiocy, a little crazy, just kind of goes right hand in hand. Well, that's what you have to be to really do this or to listen to this. So we <laughs> applaud that. Maybe Maybe they're interested in a sponsorship. That's right. Maybe uh, my, myself, I am uh, I am enjoying uh, what I think is one of the the better whiskeys uh, you can get, especially for the dollar amount. Not to say that it isn't good and it's cheap, but it is actually a, a very quality whiskey that you can usually find at a at a damn fine price. It is a tin cup American whiskey, and this comes from, I believe, Colorado. Oh, nice! And uh, it is it is a lovely, lovely, smooth, smooth beverage. And it's actually, uh, it's 84 proof, 
So it's, I mean, the trouble is a lot of the whiskeys that I tend to like always wind up being like, hey, this is 100 proof, 105, 106. Good Lord, you got to watch yourself. Yeah. You know? Oh, my gosh. You know, you go to ju- get off the, off the couch a little too quick. You're like, whoa. How come the room is spinning in two different directions at the same time? I didn't think that was possible, even in like a, uh, uh, oh my gosh, it would have sounded great had I gotten the guy's name, Interstellar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, What's um, the director's name? Christopher Nolan. Help me. Christopher, Christopher Nolan, Nolan yeah. movie. Even in that movie, it doesn't make sense. And thus, the joke sucks because I didn't land it. Anyways. Did I tell you uh, my Three Floyds story real quick? Because I think the last the last show I was doing a Three Floyds beer. That's right, yeah. Um, did you meet one of the Floyds? I did not meet one of the Floyds, but no. I we, Damn it. Uh, my wife and I went out uh, for for dinner one night, and I had a Three Floyds. So Three Floyds has uh, a beer called Alpha King, and then they have another beer called Alpha Kong. Okay, and the waitress came up and she's like, you know, I ordered Alpha Kong. She's like, you understand this is Alpha Kong, not Alpha King. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I know, it's it's all good. Um, she brings it to me, um, much like you were saying with the whiskeys that run about 105 proof. That was a, it's a very strong. Um, I forget the style of beer. I'll have to look it up, but it's a very strong beer. Uh, I think it's somewhere in the 10 point something mm. ABV range. But my friend, oh boy. you you nurse that one. You nurse it. <laughs> And apparently she explained to me that people who like Alpha King would come into the restaurant and order Alpha Kong thinking it was Alpha King. And then they take a big swig of it and realize they were pretty much approaching three sheets to the wind about five minutes into the into the drink. So um, so as your wife was pulling you to the cab. No, no, I I, I paced. I was very I was fine. But uh, I, I, I guess they've had experiences where uh, that sort of thing has happened. So <laughs> so well, I found that very interesting. But anyways, that. Yeah, that I can see that. I can see that. Happening. Tales of the outer regions of the ABV. So. <laughs> the outer rim, if you will, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where Grand Moff Tarkin has a has a brewery and a distillery, <laughs> and he's bootlegging the entire time. <laughs> yes. So the funny thing, oh, okay. So a little sidetrack since we since I brought up Grand Moff Tarkin. Yes, uh, sir. Again, not exactly sure what a Grand Moff is, but it is just really fun to say. And uh, so we're I, I discovered uh, Star Wars Rebels. Oh, yeah. The, you started watching? Yeah, on the Disney Plus app and started nice. watching that with a kid. And I'm enjoying it. And, of course, like in the first episode, they mentioned Grand, Grand Moff Tarkin. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh-huh. This is getting very interesting. I'm digging the show. It's, it's, it's stylized and it's, it's definitely for a younger audience. But, man, yeah. uh, I was looking through the IMDb uh, page for it. A lot of talent. Have carried oh, yeah. over. I mean, of course, the first episode opens with Darth Vader yep. and James Earl Jones. I'm like, dang, okay, spared no expense, right on. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they've they've got a bunch of different characters who have who've been in the in the movies. Uh, even uh, even Forrest Whitaker, Saw Gerrera was is yep. is is in one of these episodes. So I'm like, okay, this could be this is going to be really cool to watch. Nice. Uh, so we're we're kind of easing our way through that through that and it's been a been a fun ride been a real fun ride so far so very cool an, an early recommendation for any of you folks out there who can't get enough star wars and you might have a, a kid with you and something you can kind of watch together yeah my and, wife and has absolutely no interest in no no <laughs> well and, and and do try clone wars as well um i saw that but that's like oh my gosh at least uh rebels is only like four seasons yeah i, I get intimidated by those shows where i'm like oh gosh nine seasons i, yep. I don't have that kind of 
I don't have that kind of like marathon ability. I watched Clone Wars when it first came out, so so my boys were a bit younger, and we were watching those. Probably, I would say through the first four seasons, we watched together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they started getting older, and we just kind of I, I don't know, just kind of fell away at some point. So, um, but I've been wanting to get back to it um, because mm-hmm. I, I believe they have just uh, a few weeks back premiered a new season. Um, which should have yeah. some interesting content in it. So, um, so a shout out to the uh, scruffy looking podcasters. I've been hearing some of the updates from them on it. Sounds very interesting. Uh, hmm. So I have to check it out. But uh, but I also have to get caught up, which is again, like you said, it's kind of a marathon. <laughs> to it's kind of get daunting, to that man. <laughs> that's a that's a big commitment. It's like when people told me about Game of Thrones, like, oh, you got to do it, you got to do it, you got to do it. I'm like, that's a lot of TV, it man. Is. It, it, you that's basically have to like, you know, yeah, just pace yourself like an hour a night sort of thing because it's just yeah. it's really hard to do it. Like, Even then, that's still a lot of TV. Yeah, I don't. I I mean. I don't want to make it sound like I've got some sort of jet-setting lifestyle, but damn, I have I have things to do. Ah, uh, we know uh, you're the nature boy deep down. Come on, I, woo! <laughs> you talking to the Rolex wearing diamond ring wearing? That, that's a pretty that's a pretty weak woo. Not as weak as as Charlotte's woo. Kiss stealing, woo! Wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. At the last pay per view, but that that was I will let you put a sound clip of a real woo in place of that. Oh, okay. So. I'll I'll do what I can. Anyways, so uh since we've we've engaged in a little uh, uh peripheral geekery, we might as well dive right into this. Uh you might have been around for some of the, the Battlestar Galactica recaps that we've done. We've done the first three seasons and we kind of we kind of fell off with doing the fourth season. We will get back to that. Yes. By hook or by crook, we shall and we will keep it under like five hours too. It's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. People are just gonna think it's a totally different show. Uh, really, we're just getting older and we forget more things. So J.R.R. Tolkien had the Lord of the Rings volumes. We have our reviews of BSG. That pretty much is the the best description for that. Thank you, sir. Well, as always, a classy a classy comparison. You shall not pass. Oh my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> You know what? I'll tell you what. I'm just going to sit here and drink whiskey, and you just... You got this one, Sparky. No, this one's all I, yours. I apologize. I'm a little too amped up, I guess, tonight. I don't know. Oh, man. Good Lord. For for So we're recording this on the on, on, on the the day after Daylight Savings, or actually the day of sa- Daylight Savings. You're, you are really freaking happy for someone who just had an hour of his life sucked away from him and it's i got to admit it's kind of pissing me off a little bit because i feel like i'm hanging on by my toenails right now and and you're like fresh as a daisy like good lord it's 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 delirium probably more than anything else but well we'll see if you if you nod (laughs) off later on i'll feel better yeah (laughs) tim wake up It was like we're gonna have to run that noise suppressor on oh, that. Oh man. Anyway, so uh, this is this has been happening, and we heard about this. I think the rumors of this were about a year ago or so, when it, when the first rumors kind of came, and then it was announced officially back in September 2019. Yeah. Yep. And that uh, they're doing a new Battlestar Galactica series for Peacock. And the idea being, originally, it kind of sounded like it was going to be, hey, they're going to do a reboot. I'm like, oh, that's great. We're going to reboot the reboot. 
which I mean, they managed to actually do a reboot that turned out better than the original. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to muck with that. Of course. Great idea. What could possibly go wrong with this? Of course. Here. Here, here's some kerosene and some matches. Go ahead and play. But now it's sounding more and more like they are actually going to use the same universe and set it in the same universe. This will happen in the Ron Moore, you know, 2004 BSG universe, but nobody is really sure what the hell that actually means, which is kind of intriguing, but I got to tell you, it's also really kind of just, uh, it, it's, I don't want to say nerve-wracking because it's mm-hmm. not like I have a dog in the fight, not like I own stock in this, not like I was in the show or wrote any of them, but man, I... I got to say, I don't have a warm, fuzzy feeling about it. Right. Well, and, I, I really don't. I mean, the pucker factor on this, I think, is it's not high. It's getting close. Yeah. This, this, could, be, this could be terrible. I think, you know, for, for those who did endure, and I will use the word endure, through uh, our, our reviews of the first three seasons. I don't know if they're really reviews. They're more fawning adoration. Yeah. Yeah, review's probably not the, yes, I, I think fawning adoration is, is a much better way to put it. Drool. Um, but, 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 but based on, our, on, on what we talked about, there, there, is an, there, there was an art in play in that series, uh, in, in the Ron Moore series. There was uh, some deep storytelling going on. There were just layers to, to those stories that were being told. There were relationships um, that were explored and, and, and navigated in a lot of different ways uh, across a wide range of characters. It was just a very, very, very well done TV show. And, and during a time when there were a lot of very good TV shows on I mean, it was really around the time when, when serialized storytelling was starting to hit, you know, kind of its apex. You know, it started with Lost and mm-hmm. then Battlestar kind of picked, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of took. I mean, I don't. I'm not trying to say Lost inspired what they did with BSG, but it did follow a serialized format, you know, and mm-hmm. and people just seem to have an, an appetite for that. Yeah, and you know, when when you take all of that stuff together and how they took these characters and put a different spin on them, brought them down to earth in a way uh, that that made them very relatable, literally and figuratively. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and it wasn't that the series was perfect, but it had it, it just had a very, you know, good flow to it and, and, and four years of it was enough. You know, I mean they're they they, they I, I think they had reached that point where, where when they ended it, they ended it at the right time. I don't know quite where they want to go with this next, you know, and, and I'm glad they're saying it's not a reboot because I don't know how you would take something that, that you know, like what, what Ronald Moore did and reboot it yet again. And there's a number of reasons that I'll get into later, but, but I just, yeah, it's very, very interesting, you know, that they're choosing to, to do this. Um, sadly, I'm sure it's, it's fueled by money, money, money. Um, well, I don't think it's, I mean, it's, it makes perfect sense to me. It's the same reason why when, uh, CBS debuted their streaming service, the flagship of that was Star Trek Discovery. Yes. And and it's like, hey, here's here's a name, here's a property that we own and control, and let's tell a story and let's use this as an enticement for people to want to see that to to want to get on the app and at least see what it's about because there hasn't been a Star Trek series since uh I mean, well, there was Enterprise, which I don't know how well 
Enterprise really did. I mean, it kind of had that Scott Bakula mojo going for it. Right. Oh boy. But I, I mean, I, I kind of forget that ever happened. And I, I, I really, I really didn't watch much of any of those shows post Next Generation. I watched Deep Space Nine a little bit. Yeah. But there was a, there was a, there had been a period of time, and there, there's always Star Trek fans. Mm-hmm. You know, the same as there's always Star Wars fans, and the reason why Disney Plus has a Star Wars section on the app. Hey, here's what you want. We got it. You want it. Come here. Mm-hmm. Come around the corner. Yeah, we got candy in the van, you know, that sort of thing. It's why they want to do it because it's been long enough. They see how many people still talk about this show in reverential terms. Yep. I mean, of course, they've been listening to us and then that's totally why they, you know, they made this. They're like, dude, listen to these guys praise this thing. They, we got to make another one. You're an idiot. Right. And uh, but they've seen how many people love that show. And it's been long enough. They're like, hey, this might get some people to watch, even if they're just watching to see it fall flat on its face. We'll yeah. still get eyeballs. I don't know, man. I mean, it makes sense in those terms. But oh, yeah, from a fan standpoint, so risky. And I mean, yep. even from a creative standpoint, it's risky as hell. To to try and do this, I mean, I'll give the I'll, I forget who, what the guy's name is who's who's kind of behind this thing. Wasn't he the guy who also did like a uh, Sam Esmail? I think is his name. He 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 was I think the producer of uh, Mr. Robot. Yeah, I will say this: whatever happens, I give that guy some credit for having some serious cojones to want to do this. Mm-hmm. Because you have, man, there's not a lot of of margin for error on this between. Hey, you actually did something that's cool to everything you do sucks and we hate you. Yeah. Because there was a lot of that when Ron Moore's came out. And there's still people who feel that way. There's still people online who watched who watched the new Battlestar Galactica was like, No, I liked your I liked the first one better. Yeah. Seriously? Okay, yeah. Spanky, whatever you say. So I don't know. There's it's there's there seems like there's so little upside here. Really yeah, there's there, there's a lot of challenges to it. Um there, there is an element, uh, as, as I shared with you, I think uh, I, I have an idea of how they might be able to pull it off, potentially. Mm-hmm. little fantasy booking, if you will, from, from the... Uh, Which I'm very anxious to hear this one. All right, but, but, but you, let's... You, are, you, you do some serious like fantasy booking. You, you do real well at this, so I am, I am intrigued, well, to say the least. Because I'm I... more intrigued to hear what you have to say <laughs> than see this actual show, honestly. <laughs> well... I think, um, you know, r- rather than spend the episode just just going about the challenges of it, because I think there's a lot of challenges to it, and, and, and I'll start enumerating some of them in a moment. But yes, but but I think it I I, I think it would be interesting to try to think through is is there a way that this could work? You know, now the fact they're not rebooting it is actually in some ways a positive because one of the key challenges, which I'll I'll jump into right now, that I was going to have with a reboot. Um, and it's only been has it is it been just ten years? Like when did they go off the air? Was it twenty ten? Uh, it's actually been more than ten years because it was two thousand four. Uh, no, uh, was it two thousand four? Son of a mother! I'm gonna have to look this up. Well, again. you it, it, while you're looking up, I'll, I'll just talk through. So it's it's been let's say ten plus years, right? Yeah. It still doesn't feel long enough, but maybe that's for me as a fan, and maybe they're yeah. trying to appeal to people who are not as familiar with the O four series. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's the time element that I'm a little, uh, you know, still not, not thinking is there's been enough time yet that's gone by, but the biggest challenge, it was, 
Go ahead. It was 2004 to 2009. To 2009. Okay, so it's been yeah, about so 11 coming years. Up, yeah, it was actually uh, March 20th, 2009 was the final episode. So we're coming up on the 11th, 12th anniversary Wow. of the final episode of Battlestar Galactica. Oh. Pour one out. I'll take Pour a day off out. for that one. I, I, I'm considering it, but then again, I, I'm self-employed, so I'll take a day off at the drop of the hat. Any old hat at all. Self? I don't feel like working today. Okay. Hey, I got no health insurance and no retirement. I got to have some sort of benefit. I'm, I'm going to the vet and the ready clinic, all right? That's, those are my two options. Oh, good Lord. And let me tell you, when you go to the vet, you don't like it how they take the temperature. Let me oh. tell you. Oh, my gosh. They don't warm that up at all. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Switching back to the challenges. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. I'm unprepared, so I'm just trying am, to crack you I, up. Am, That's all I got Well, tonight. mission accomplished, sir. But uh, ha, to, to, <laughs> the biggest challenge in my I've mind. I've totally thrown Tim off this oh game my here. God. I'm sorry, man. You, you were heading on a good point, No, too. no, 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 no. It's all good. Is, is just how do you creatively do the whole Cylon versus humanity aspect of things you know in in a in a unique way now you know i I think when ronald moore did it in 2004 to make the cylons human Mm -hmm. um to make them um pull off an attack that was eerily reminiscent to recent uh current events at that time yeah um you know to, to so to tap into kind of the you know the the events of the time and and the feelings and emotions that were going on to pull off what the Cylons, because because the you know the the story of Battlestar Galactica is that the Cylons annihilate most of humanity. I mean that that's the basis mm-hmm. of the story. So how do you do that again in a creative way when you saw something that just was so, you know, just such a, a creative reimagining of that event? You know, like I don't remember how. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen the original series. So I don't remember if they went into any detail about how that happened. Um, in the original or if they just kind of started off that way but in terms of of, of just seeing the like like we saw the bombs drop onto not cobalt what the heck was it um caprica caprica thank you onto caprica we we saw them evacuating um we saw the ships getting excuse me annihilated mm, um as as the uh as the cylons you know basically deactivated them all and, and took them out you know, so so how do you now do a creative spin on that? You know, and and is there still going to be the same emotional impact for viewers to see that whole sequence of events play out? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I struggle with, because I don't feel like there's been enough time. And, and maybe it's because, you know, we, you and I are rewatching the, the 2004 series. So it is kind of fresh in our minds. Yeah, um, yeah. And that could be the other thing that's biasing me a bit. But it mm-hmm. just feels like I just don't I don't see how they creatively go about redoing that again, which leads me to why I think moving away from a reboot is probably a good idea. Yeah, I think the tough part of this is, uh, I mean, granted, I'm, I was very happy that it, it, it's not a reboot, cause, and I mean, this still could happen given some of the the way that some of these stories have described how they're considering the, the BSG universe as being cyclical and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want another Starbuck. I've already got two. I don't want another Adama. I got two, mm-hmm. you know? And and to me, and, and again, it might be freshness, but I think just in terms of the depth of the story writing and how long the show is running and all that, I think in every way, the characters from the 2004 series are superior to the ones from the 78 series. 
Oh, yeah. Mostly because they had much more room to grow, and it was a it's a different time. You're you're doing things much differently. Like the original BSG fit in with how Star Wars mm-hmm. was working at that point, where you didn't you weren't looking to get an extraordinary amount of depth on Han Solo. Right. You know, you just knew. Oh, hey, he's a smuggler. He's the rogue. Yeah, he's this and that and the other. Perfect. That's all I need. Whereas I really feel like you got to you got to really understand a lot of the the 2004 characters on a real base level. Yeah. And that was great. I don't need another version of those characters. However, so that's why I was glad it wasn't a re- uh, reboot. However, now that we've kind of it said, oh, the, the universe is cyclical, like all of this has happened before. It'll ha- all happen again. Well, does that mean we get another Adama? Does that mean, I mean, are, are, these, are these exact same names going to come back? Or is it going to be different characters kind of playing the same role. Are we talking about kind of like when we talked about the Matrix before? Mm-hmm. Was the was the one in all of the previous incarnations Neo? Right. Or, you know, was there always a Morpheus? Was there always a blah blah blah? Or was it just was it completely different people and different characters just playing kind of the same storyline? Right. Right. I think there could be some interesting things in there, but man, um, I don't know. Well, and 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 the, and the other part about the Ronald Moore, you know, reimagining of it all was was putting, you know, he 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 and the writers did a really great job of taking something that was in space that was futuristic, you know, not really based in true reality, and he brought mm-hmm. them into realistic situations, you know, like like the very you know the second episode after the pilot where the the crew is struggling against you know having to. Um, uh, react to the Cylons jumping every what was it thirty three minutes I think is what it was, yeah. you know bringing human fatigue, bringing in questions of how do we, you know h- how are people still eating? How are they you know having a water supply? How are they having fuel? You you know I mean there, there's all these questions that like you said the the original series didn't get into because it was more about recreating Star Wars and the space battles and and that's what I mean that's really what that that series was about was I think you said it best was recreating that Star Wars vibe yeah and and this Star one, Wars made a lot of money in the theaters give us something for the TV screen. right right and this one they they took it in and they turned it into a very real um you know very reality based in, in a lot of ways um you know science fiction story that um explored a lot of you know, the, the struggles that, that we as humans deal with, you know, and, and, and that's what made, I think it very relatable. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I agree with you. I don't think you can have characters named Adama. I don't think you can have Starbuck. I don't think you can have all the old names again because it just, it doesn't feel right, you know, and, and yeah. it feels a little too much on the nose, you know, to, to, to talk about the cyclical nature of things and have it be literally a, a cycle of new characters with the same names. It yeah. just feels weird. Yeah. Um, so, well, then, you know what? Let's, I want to hear your idea. Like, what, how do you think this could work? Because I think we all know, like, all the negatives and, and, and what fans are going to think. Oh, I, I, I have one last negative I just want to get through real quick, and then, then we'll do the fantasy Sure. Cooking. Hit me. How do you feel, though, about another ship, though, called Galactica? You got to have it. A, well, you do, but, but it just feels strange to me to have like this new story being told in the same universe against, you know, cyclical universe, cyclical, whatever you want to call it. And, and, you know, again, they, they land on the same name for the ship. It just feels weird. You know, it just, it feels too, too forced. Well, I mean, there's history is full of coincidences. I mean, there's all these things and you, Mm -hmm. 
there's there's tons of times that just things have happened like two two people are working on the same invention at the same time you know those sort of things and 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 things that'll happen again that are just it's it's just too bloody weird for it to happen but it did Mm -hmm. and if it hadn't happened you would have been like you can't write that because that's stupid it would never happen but we know that it happened because it's history Mm -hmm. i don't know i that to me isn't as much of a problem i know i mean we're going to get another one we're going to get another ship that's called galactica because you kind of have to because it's the title you know it's it's like i know yeah it'd be like you know the dukes of hazard being set in seattle it just isn't the same, you know. <laughs> you can't call it the Dukes of Hazard if they're like driving around Tacoma or you're something, you know, wherever. You can't, you can't do that. Slightly different. A little bit. A yeah, little. That bit, was. Yes. I mean, it's a weak, it's a weak thread. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna no, hang on that I, mother I, as long as I can. I, I smell what you're cooking on that one. So. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not thrilled about it. But then again, I'm not thrilled about the whole thing. Yeah. Like I am so luke. I'm not even lukewarm on this. I am. I am that part of like I am that level of 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 like water heat when you turn on the faucet and it's cold at first and then all of a sudden it warms up just a little mm-hmm. like just a just enough that you don't want to drink it you want to wait for the cold water to come back. Yep. That's it. Like it ain't quite lukewarm. It's just kind of uh, yeah. Not really what I want. Yep. Sort of thing. That's that's the that's the temperature I'm at. Yeah, and I I would kind of agree. It's it's it- it's a little hard for me to get excited about it. I mean, there, again, there's no details, so of course there's not much to be excited about right now. But, um, but even the little we know, it's just hard for me to feel positive about this. Yeah, uh, unless, and this Uh-oh. and this is where we get into the fantasy booking part. Un, un, unless they take to heart some some of these ideas, uh, henceforth with I will now pontificate upon. Oh, so now you're not you're, you're like going full in, like you know what? <clears throat> listen up, Esmail. <laughs> so listen, listen, you you Hollywood, I you. I'm going to tell you what's what. I like this. I like the attitude. <laughs> from you'll never work in that town again. But sure, go right from ahead. From my basement to your ears. Um. <laughs> Literally, because we had to pause the dryer in order to record this. Yes, the dryer was a little too loud. <laughs> So here, here is my thought on how this could work, given the parameters now that it is an extension um, of of the of the universe that that Ronald Moore created. Okay. And and it kind of addresses some of the things we we just kind of went through, um, such as you know how do you redo the Cylon hu- human um, conflict and so forth. So uh-huh. so my thought is this: whether it's based in our present time or whether it is based in the future, you know, our future. Um, because, you know, again, when the series, you know, no big spoiler, but when the series ends, the Galactica ends up on what is known as our Earth. But what was it? Two hundred thousand years prior. Right. Millions. Was it millions? I mean, you're talking. Yeah. You're talking about like early man. OK. OK. So so they they land on on Earth, our Earth. And that is how the series ends with them basically settling there and then. Um, eventually you get to the point of our present day and you see Baltar and, and the six Cylon, um, you know, their, their, their spirit selves basically kind of talking through where humanity is at this point and how we're starting to explore into the same robotics and AI that, you know, they, they imply leads to what, how the Cylons were developed. 
So again, you know, in our reality, we're starting to head down that same road. You know, the cycle is continuing. So in what I'm thinking they can do is either mm. in our present day or in the future when we have space capability and, and jump capability and all that stuff, it isn't going to be that the Cylons turn on humanity in the same way they did before. What I think would be very interesting for them to do is to tap into what they did at the very end of the last series, which is Adama and the, the set of Cylons who you know, were, were um, wanting to keep the peace and, and settle on Earth. They let the older Cylons go. They let the mm -hmm. robot Cylons go. Mm -hmm. I think the way they bring this story to start again is a conflict where those Cylons, who have now grown in number, who have now expanded themselves over all these millions of years, come back. And they come back to annihilate the very people that turn them free, for some reason, whatever that conflict may be. But when they come back, they come back to an Earth. Like, let's say it's an Earth where we do have robotics or Cylons and whatnot. They come back to a place where there's actually balance between them. So they're actually at peace. They're actually, you know, finding a way to functionally exist in a way that never existed in the cycles before. But they mm -hmm. come back and disrupt everything. And it causes a small set of these robots and humans to kind of evacuate in the same way that had to happen before. And so that is how the story would start. What do you think of that? I think it's interesting. Um, I, I, the one thing that would be tough for me is what's the beef with those Cylons staying away that long? Like, why would, why would they go away? Not Because in the original, I mean, if, again, we're keeping continuity so that you're still, the reference point still points back to the Ron Moore yes. uh, show. It was like 50 years between the first Cylon War and then when they showed up again. Right. In 50 years, they managed to take themselves from a metal toaster mm -hmm. to Trisha Helfer. Right. I mean, giving a couple million years, I mean, what the hell are they waiting, up, waiting on? They could have shown up 10 years later, nuked Earth, and been done with it. Well, What have they been doing? I mean, you, you would have to really find something that would... It, and they would right. have to show up completely different. Well, the, the beauty there is, again, because you're dealing with robots, right? You're, you're not dealing with the same lifespan. But it's, a, it, it, it's that yeah. kind of thing that you're dealing with where you have a generation of these beings that remember, that understand the freedom they were granted and so forth. And it actually kind of opens the door to be creative with a new backstory to say, because, of course, over time, there can always be malicious um, elements that come into... Um, if, if they find a way to expand themselves, if they find a way to grow their numbers, there can always be a malicious you know, agent in there that starts to sow seeds of dissent and so forth. And, and you know, the motivation for coming back and doing that, I, I don't know because freedom was granted, but it could be you know, something in the story where maybe they have to go back to Earth because they're facing you know, kind of their own mortality, their own annihilation you know, resource-wise or otherwise, and this is like the one thing they can go back to to kind of try to find a life for themselves or something, and so therefore they go back to this place. And, and what's interesting about it is you can start tapping in. You, you can basically have elements, you know, some of those robots could still exist, let's say, you know, even though it's mm -hmm. been millions of years. But, mm -hmm. but it's a way that you can use those robots and, and kind of the timelessness of them to weave in elements of of what had happened before. So you can bring up names like Adama. 
you can bring up the name of Galactica, which would be, I, I would have to imagine, be sewn into the memories of all of them because that was the, the ship or the crew of the ship that let them go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the way you can weave that name from one one part of the series now to this new one and have it actually maybe make some sense. You know, if if we're talking about present-day Earth where we don't have the capability of travel, maybe they steal one of the Cylon ships, you know, to, to evacuate themselves. Like, maybe there are some that have a, you know, I don't know what to call it, have a, um, you know, just, I hate to use the word compassion with a robot, but you, you know what I'm saying, like, like has a sense of this is wrong and we need to help these people, you know what I mean? Well, here's, okay. And, and so, so they could but, dub that ship Galactica and that would be their ship that they get away with, you know, and, and yeah. do their thing. So I'm just, I'm thinking of like different ways of trying to tell the same story, but have it be done in a different way that weaves in what, what Moore did. Okay, well, I'll, I'll throw two ideas out to you. Please here. do. So the, well, actually, I'll throw you three ideas. So one would never happen because nobody's ever going to do this on a major network, you know, initial offering trying to, hey, let's kick our, let's kick our story off. Then again, I don't know, maybe uh, Star Trek Discovery did kind of some weird stuff in their first season that would not, I would not say is typical of what you would normally do for a flagship show on a streaming app that's just launching. But anyway, I would love it if they, if you did almost like, if you did the Christopher Nolan version of, of Battlestar Galactica and you kind of did, you played around with time mm-hmm. in the way that we kind of discussed with his films before and you told this story over several different um, time periods. Mm-hmm. Like you, 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 talk, you talk about present day, you know, the kind of not so distant future and then distant future mm-hmm. and you kind of bounce between all of those. That would be really cool to me from a sci-fi geekdom standpoint. Yeah. I think it'd be, it'd be hard as hell to try and follow and keep straight and people would probably not love it because you would really have to be in you'd have to fully be invested in order to really follow it which might work better for streaming anyway i mean you might be able to pull that off in streaming Mm because you'd be able to start at episode one instead of catching it midstream somewhere on a on a tv network maybe that would work yeah i just don't see it happening anyways i think from a a purely geek artistic standpoint that could be kind of cool one idea that you could do um so you so we keep the continuity of hey we're here on earth and uh the cylons are out there somewhere and uh the the centurions the the toasters Mm -hmm. and so the i mean we're sending space probes everywhere right yep so you go kind of start you go kind of star trek v'ger and one of our probes or something like intrudes on the Cylon space mm-hmm. and that sets off something. And maybe you have kind of this idea of, hey, we are pure Cylons as opposed to on Earth where, hey, guess what, everybody? Uh, spoilers. We're all half Cylon. Yeah. Like we're we're all Cylon hybrids at this point mm-hmm. um, in uh, because of what had happened and Hera being like genetic Eve or whatever. Yep. And yep. so they're looking at it like, we must we have to return and and destroy them because they are an abomination they are not pure cylon sort of sure, thing sure yeah you could do something like that right. here's here's something this is probably another one that will never happen although if it did it would kind of be awesome because it would be so there people's heads would explode really they would make the humans the bad guys yeah that the that the humans Manage to trace all this back, and then they go to try and take out the Cylons. Mm-hmm. And there's a Cylon apocalypse, and maybe the Cylons have yet again kind of developed into this human type form, mm-hmm. and they're the ones leaving their home world. Yeah, and they're out trying to search for a new home, 
and they're the ones who are being pursued, and they take up the name of that of, of Galactica because they remember again that is the ship that set them free. Right. They adopt that. Right. And the humans are the ones who are chasing after the Cylons after realizing what had happened, you know, before. You know, again, they they kind of stumble onto this history of all this has happened before. It's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, it ain't happening again. We're gonna stop this. We're gonna go get them. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you turn it on its head. Yeah. That could be kind of cool. I don't see that happening. I don't yeah. see anyone really wanting to take that kind of risk. I could be wrong. But but it sounds like you dig into the basic idea that you're or, or you dig the basic idea that the way they could start the, the conflict off is is based off of that thread that was kind of left open by more. I, I mean, I do and I don't, because honestly, uh, we had the we had that show Caprica that came on uh, that sci fi was doing after Galactica went off the air. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of that. It was the origin of the Cylons, and it was not. It had it had very little to do with yes. Battlestar. But that that one was bound by by the canon that had already been told. You know what I mean? Like like that show. Well, but this one is too. Well, it, it is and it isn't because when you when you take that thread that more left open, right, and you start to use that okay. as the motivation for the conflict, you just came up with one way of doing the conflict. I came up with another. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's now multiple possibilities that they could run with this and have it be an original way of st- restarting this conflict without oh, no. w- w- without it being like a nuclear holocaust like it was in the first, you know. In, oh, in- no doubt. No doubt. What I'm what I'm arguing is if anybody actually cares, because, I mean, people people well, love them some Battlestar. And, and then they had, hey, here's another show that we're going to delve deeper into this universe. And people went, nah. Well, I, I, I'm saying as a fan, if they took that tact, that's one way of hooking me at least for a period of time, because it's, it's something yeah. I haven't seen before. That, that's really my point is it's not the the motivation of the conflict is not a retelling of the same thing we've seen before. It's something different now. Mm. That, that That's where I'm coming from, yeah. because at least in the short term, I as a fan could buy into watching at least a few episodes of that because it's different. That's all. It's 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 not a it's not yeah. a holocausty okay. sort of way of going about it. It's it's a holocausty. That was kind of a weird word, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's it, it's. I'm pretty it's, sure you just invented that word. Honestly, that's really I don't think just anybody's awful. Ever um. ever use that? <laughs> well, I mean, you weren't using it in a flippant way. I mean, that was that's how they've always described that incident. Right. I mean, when the when the Cylons. I mean, how else are you going to describe, uh, you know, a metallic race of of uh, you know robots? taking out 12 planets worth of human beings right. billions of lives uh that is a textbook definition of a holocaust yes yes so again holocausty is a little bit odd of a choice but yes. you know it, it that is that is what that is a a textbook definition of a holocaust so that therefore i can at least see where your thought process was going well thank you professor i appreciate that yes i <laughs> I, I didn't want to go back into the latin and the greek <laughs> I mean, I totally could. Uh, but, but just give me another few whiskeys, and I'll invent <laughs> some stuff. <laughs> then some creative words will be said. Um, well, that's always a risk. But 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 there were two things that in, in what you described that that were 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 similar, and I think you were hitting on the same notes that that I was. You know, kind kind of the general idea is you have that thread that's the initiator of the conflict, but you have the Cylons that were part of that, and and yeah. and some carrying forward of of that history. That is how you land on the Galactica name. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not something forced. It's not something that's just there because it's a cycle. It's there for a very good storytelling reason. And yeah. that, to me, at least addresses a few of the concerns that, that are the challenges we talked about earlier, which is to have this thing feel 
very forced um, in terms of it having to be a part of the same, you know, having the same ship name and having the same conflict and having the same this and that. You, you're pro- you're, you'll end up there anyways, but if you start off the conflict and you, you bring the naming of some things in in kind of a different way by pulling on that thread, I think at least you get over some of the hump of what the fans would be critical of, you know, and then it's a question after that of, do they come up with a compelling enough story and characters and so forth? Um, Because, you know, let's be honest, the, the, you know, we, we've talked at length about the Mandalorian and how good that turned out. That also Mm -hmm. could have turned out very badly. You know, I mean, it, Oh, totally. it, 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 it really wasn't a clear knock it out of the park kind of premise it was very much contingent on how those stories and characters were going to be developed um Mm -hmm. and and was it going to live up to what fans really wanted to see out of this type of a character and and they and they did they knocked it out of the park the the question now for for sam esmail and company is can they do something similar can can they knock it out of the park but do it in a very creative and unique way and that is the biggest question yeah, although I will say I think the pressure is a little bit in terms of like what a fandom is expecting. I'd say that the 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 expectations were a little lower on the Mandalorian, just because there's been sure, sure. how many Star Wars movies coming out. So I mean, yeah, hey, the Mandalorian's coming out, and it's like, oh, everyone's oh, cool, that's that's awesome. Yeah. But we just had you know, uh, the Last Jedi and you know Rise of Skywalker in between. It was in between those that it's kind of launching. It's like, well, you're getting your fix. Yeah. Battlestar fans have been waiting a while. Yeah, I think that the idea is that Mandalorian was is, was great, and yes, it could have gone either way. But I feel it was a little bit less. It was a little bit lower stakes. Whereas this is really mm-hmm. this kind of seems like this is the thing for NBC. Like they are putting a lot. Agreed. This kind of sounds like this is the flagship of this launch. Which yep. I'm like, that's an odd choice yep. to me. Yeah, that this is your thing because I mean, even when Battlestar was rebooted. It was far from a sure thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, so it's kind of an odd choice. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? And I'll, I'll, I'll actually go first because I've thought of this. Because now we've covered, like, oh, what, what's the fantasy booking? What would you kind of like to see? And what do you, how do you think it could work? I do, I, I do have one act- more thing fantasy booking-wise. But you do your thing first, and then I'll get back. No, to no, no. Actually, you go first because my thing is it comes after this. Okay. So go right ahead with your one. No, no the, the, the one last thing we hadn't touched on was to – you know, to basically achieve the goal of, of the cyclical nature that they were talking about, mm-hmm. what I think would be kind of cool is whatever faction is, because I, I like your idea, honestly, as well. I mean, I, I like the idea of turning the entire conflict on its head and have the humans be the ones who are pursuing the Cylons and have the Cylons being in kind of the role that the humans have always been in. But I thought it would be kind of cool if when, like, like let's let's say this, this hits and, and they're creative and it works and people are into it how cool would it be for the story to end where they start at our earth leave and where they end up ends up being Cobal where Cobal is now restored. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it could be kind of cool. Like, like, like after all this time, because I, because I understand in in the show and again, spoilers when when they get to what they thought was earth, it, it, they find that it was also a radioactive, you know, war zone uh, still, Mm -hmm. But only a thousand, you know, several thousand years had gone by. When you talk about millions of years, you have to imagine that over that course of time, planets can restore themselves. 
So you mean the origin? You mean the the first Earth that they that they landed on, not Cobalt? No, no, I, I'm saying Cobalt, but I'm saying like what they found with with the first Earth, where only a few thousand years had gone by since that catastrophe had happened, uh-huh. where they found it radio still radioactive, still essentially tainted, right? And even when they went to Cobalt in the 2000 series, I don't think it was a place that they could um, that, that that they could live at. Um, one because I think there was some curse on them, and two. That well, the Cylons were were after him. I think that was the biggest thing, and it was the it was the it was the signpost to Earth. That was why it was always kind of this waypoint. Right. I mean, I mean, what, was it habitable though, or no? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, although it, I mean, they they had that whole thing like any any visit to Cobol is paid for in blood. So yeah, that that's a right. little bit of a deterrent. You're right. There is a bit of a you know right. Indiana Jones esque curse there. But would it be? poetic if the series were to were to go the other way where it tells the story of whatever group of survivors go from earth back to cobalt where it all started to start life again and so now you've not only done the cycle again but you've done the cycle in 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 a very um macroscopic way because you're going back Mm -hmm. to truly the the root of where it all began and starting okay. over again. So those are just some yeah. thoughts I had where I think from, from a fan perspective and a poetic perspective, given what Moore did, I think that would do, you know, the, the story justice and, and, yeah. and be a nice extension of what he did because it mm-hmm. stays true at a high level to a few of those things that he did. There, there mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff you got to get right in the middle. So I totally, I, I understand what you're saying, that, that there are going to be things that, they may not do because they think it's not going to work or they may not pull it off the right way. But it seems like the th- that thread he left with the Cylons being let go could be the thread they pull on to bring it all back into a conflict again. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So my question to you is, and, and perhaps I, I'm the one who has the answer to this because I, I came up with the answer and then 42. I came up with the question so that I could, I could talk about it. Yes, yes, that is the answer. Thank you. <laughs> and actually, did... Did you know that this year is the 42nd anniversary of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? I did not. Ah, very cool. Very cool. The Guide turns 42. Nice. I have fond memories of reading that book far too early. <laughs> for what I probably I I did not get most of the I did not get 50% of the jokes in that book. Oh gosh. But I I believe I read that when I was in like 6th grade. Oh wow. And I, I'm like, it was a very different time in the '80s. That's all I can say. Yeah, so yeah, basically, basically. Parents were just like, "Yeah, it's a book. Hey, he's reading. Who cares? You know, <laughs> who are we to stop him?" <laughs> yeah, you know. Now it's like everything has to be reviewed, and the parents have to look at it, and this and that, and the other. And like, my wife will look at a look at a book my daughter has, and she's like, "Is that appropriate for her?" I'm like, "I don't know. It's a book. <laughs> what, what could possibly go wrong?" <laughs> I, and she's looking. It's like. Are you serious? I'm like, oh, what? I'm like, oh wait, it's it's the it's 2020. It's not 1988 anymore. <laughs> oh. Oops. So this is what I think. We've talked about what would be the artistic and what we'd like to see and all that. Yeah. Here's what I think is actually the most likely solution. Mm-hmm. And and I I hate it. 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 But I but yet I I want it on record for when this actually happens that I called it. Okay. Okay. Here's what I think will actually happen, because to me, this is like the most studio kind of commercial way that you could you could make this kind of all happen. Yeah. Okay. Cylons come back Mm -hmm. and in a last ditch effort to save humanity, something is discovered on a long range space probe. Mm. What could it be? 
it's the ragtag fleet that Sam actually didn't push into the sun. They've been orbiting out in space, ah. hiding and awaiting and repairing so that the Battlestar Galactica is whole once again to save humanity. I like it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean seriously, th- that's actually kind of cool. It's 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 such a re- it's such like a uh, it's such like a cop-out idea like, "Oh, no, we don't I don't want to see the old ship. I I have fond memories of that and that was perfect. That ship was done and it was it was its thing and no, don't like don't like well, exhume it from the grave and have, you know, but I think that will actually happen. I think that's actually the most likely solution. Actually, if you, if you plug that in with the idea that this takes place in present day, that's how you would explain. Well, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry. I'll, I'll say this. The, the only way that I can see it happening where it's a humanity that hasn't developed space travel yet is I think they have to have a presence of robots who could figure this stuff out, kind of like the data, you know, of, of that show. Yeah. Where – they can do all the spacey wacy kind of stuff, and the humans are <laughs> spacey wacy stuff. Come on, I'm running right on an on. hour less sleep, baby. <laughs> right on. Have it. Have another one of them. Uh, one of them beers that you've been drinking there with a 10.2 APV. Uh, this does not have 10.2. It's 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 not the Alpha Kong, thankfully. So, oh, okay. No, no, I no. just I. I didn't know what sort of fuel you were running on. No, there. it's it's not the Alpha Kong. I'm trying to find the APV action on this. I don't see it. But. Anyways. Um, I can't read it anymore. I, As a matter it, of fact. It's all blurry. Um, <laughs> are you, is this stuff supposed to make you blind? <laughs> I can't see it. Everything's dark. Um, <laughs> oh, wait. The lights are out. <laughs> Crap. No, but maybe but, I have had too much. But but or, or Or like you said, Sam is still hooked up to it after all these years. Uh, I, I hate to see what Sam would look like after millions of years of being in, in the tub, but um, yeah, but he'd look a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, although although Sam was a Cylon, mm-hmm. we don't know how they age and how they degrade and all that. Yes. Now, okay, so here's the other thing. That, so, and, so and that, the, that that is, I, I know you don't like it, but I think it's an interesting way if you were to try to get humanity that hasn't developed space travel yet like if they go that route yeah it'd be a way for them to get a ship to go somewhere and and here's the thing though then i start spinning into like oh well you could do this and you could do that see now the other aspect of this that would be interesting is if you did do that and oh my gosh i'm gonna i'm gonna freaking hate myself even for going down this road because now i'm gonna start thinking like this stuff could happen but anyway so we get we get the old galactica back Mm -hmm, you know the mm -hmm. bucket the bucket makes a return and sam is still in the navigational hot tub and uh he's (laughs) what the hell do you call it it's a cylon hot tub no it's 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 an apropos description it just makes me laugh I mean, he's just been he's just been marinating. Where, in where have you for... been? I've been in the navigational hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh, is this sort of like the James Brown celebrity hot tub? Hot tub. Gang <laughs> in hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna make me hit. Yeah. Bring on cold sweat. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, I I wish there was an actual halfway decent version of that on YouTube, mm-hmm. but it's all like it's cr- absolute crap. Is it? Anyways, um, so. 
Sam comes rolling back with a bucket, and and you go to pick up all the all the peoples, and, or as many will fit on the Galactica, and everyone else, eh, sir, sorry, you know, piss off, and they take off, and then, I mean, what then? What do you have? So you you're probably not going to bring back any of the the skin job Cylons mm-hmm. because they they were all on Earth, right? Right. And and the ones that didn't like Cavill that didn't you know blow his head off. So you only have the metal Cylons. You have Sam and everybody else be gone, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except who would be left? With Sam on the ship? No, who would be left that might somehow be able to be another piece of connective tissue in this? Starbuck? Yep. Mm. The Angel of Light quote-unquote, because we never really established who or what Starbuck really was. She just disappeared. Mm-hmm. You have Starbuck, you have Sam. I mean, and you know what? As Again, I have, I have stated it on this podcast many times. I am fully in the bag for anything that Katie Sackhoff does. Uh, Another Life 2 is apparently now uh, filming up in, Van- up in the wilds of Vancouver. I will watch... Season two of that, I I started watching Rebels specifically because she voices Bo-Katan, and I'm thinking, hey, maybe she'll end up in a movie somewhere. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see this. Yeah. I don't. And I am the only thing that makes me feel better about it is that she seems just as sort of like meh about this as anything else. Yeah. And and if there's one thing that we know from Katie Sackhoff is she really doesn't hold back. <laughs> so if she had no, thoughts about no. something, she would, or she knew anything about it, she probably would say something. Right, right, um, right. But man, I don't know. <sighs> Again, I I hate to even throw that out there, but I actually think that is the most likely thing that would happen. I mean, the 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 one hole uh, that that I'll concede in the one hole. There's probably many holes, but 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 one obvious one that that I'll concede mm-hmm. with the, the idea I'm putting forth is if you're talking about a, a group of survivors that are not really space capable but are very mm-hmm. reliant on the robots they created to kind of help them, um, it doesn't answer the question of how do they then, like like even if they got, whether it's Galactica with Sam or whether it's whatever this invading group is, ship that they have, you know, they're not going to have the numbers like there were in BSG to man a Navy, or not a Navy, but, but an Air Force, right? I mean, part, part of what we saw was the, you know, the military aspect of this civilization continued to function for four years after the government was wiped out, basically. Yeah. And and they very much maintained an air force as best they could to, you know, to guard the fleet and to. Um, and this is where Starbuck comes in. Right. God, and I hate that I'm saying it, but this is where Starbuck comes I, in. I know. And so so fracking my mind, man. It's it's assuming that it's like a present day thing. If it's in the future, all bets are off because they could set things up a certain way. Um yeah. and and it would you know, the, the the thing that I thought that would be kind of interesting is is to show at least in, in the pilot if 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 this is the idea they go with, is to show that humanity could may, could reach an equilibrium with the mechanical creations that they made, you know, that, that mm-hmm. there could be an instance of this where it could have gone right, but because of the thread that remains from the prior series, it goes yeah. wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, or maybe that's maybe that's like almost in the Matrix sense, like that's the that's the anomaly that yeah. has happened. Yeah. Like the, usually this goes a certain way and this is the anomaly. Like, hey, they actually made peace and, and went their separate ways and now 
this is like the universe trying to reconcile itself. Right. And, and in some ways, you, you know, what, what I like about it in some ways is it takes something that was, I, I mean, it, it's a bit much to say it was Adama's decision because it seemed like there were, you know, a number of, of characters involved in making the decision to release them. Mm-hmm. But it becomes Adama's legacy on this humanity that he left, you know, yeah. behind is that even though they had this great existence on this planet, it was his decision to show mercy, which was the right thing to do. It was the hum- it was the humane thing to do. Mm-hmm. But it ends up being the thing that ends up coming back and re-kick, re- basically restarting the conflict. And, yeah. and, 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 and I think that would be really interesting to explore. And that's why I think you have to have. You have to find some way to connect the two because you need to find some way to tell that story. Yeah. And you need to do it in a somewhat efficient way. And and that's why I think like you bring back Starbuck because Starbuck can fill can just do like one big dump of information and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But man, I I gotta tell you, like I've 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 wavered back and forth on this at least four times as we've talked about this. And I've, I've been, I've been pessimistic, optimistic, pessimistic, optimistic. And I am back to pessimistic. Like I'm just, I'm, I, I really don't want this messed with. Yeah. I really don't. I'm getting a very Michael Bay's transformers. You're going to ruin my childhood <laughs> sort of vibe. Yes. yes. Now, I will say there is always a chance at redemption when you get somebody who knows what the hell they're doing and you don't you don't necessarily burden them with a ton of 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 kind of expectations. Mm-hmm. And and I'll point to again carrying that Transformers metaphor where every single movie made money yeah and then made progressively less money and got worse and worse and worse and then I watched Bumblebee which I don't, have you seen that flick? No, I I honestly haven't given any of these movies the time of day. Dude, if you go so if you so you didn't see any of them. I haven't seen any of them. Okay. None the of them. The first one was not horrible. Mm-hmm. It was not good, but it was not horrible and then they got worse yeah. right after that immediately. Yeah. Bumblebee within the first 20 minutes I'm like you have already exceeded every other Transformers movie that Michael Bay made combined really like you take all the good parts out of all of them and mash them together bumblebee managed to exceed that within the first 20 minutes wow the first 10 minutes it's on uh it's on amazon prime right now because I, th- I think you still have that right oh yeah 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 i should check that out then dude just watch the first like 10 15 minutes okay you're like as soon as we finish recording go ahead and watch it and then text me because your mind will be freaking blown okay I, with just how good the opening of this flick is, and then it becomes a really kind of good movie. I'm like, wow, it's almost it's amazing what you do when you when you like, hey, Michael, why don't you go watch, go go look at the catering or something, unless somebody else who actually knows how to make a movie make a movie. Maybe that will happen with this. I just don't know, man. Yeah. I'm, I don't have a great feeling. I don't really. I'm not hungry for this whatsoever. Yeah. Then again, I was not hungry for the new Picard for another you know Jean Luc Picard series. You know Star Trek series. Mm-hmm. I'm thoroughly enjoying that. Yeah, I was not hungry for for Star Trek Discovery, and I started watching that, and I'm actually I am enjoying that completely. Yeah, it, and if only for the fact that it is like the opening credits of of Star Trek Discovery are some of the most beautiful opening credits I've ever seen. That just is fascinating. Every time I watch it, I'm just like, wow, these are great. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. But anyway, 
I didn't know that I wanted those things, but I ended up wanting them. I, I, I know that I don't really want this. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll change my mind, but man, it's going to take a lot. That's, that's where I'm at on it. Where are you? Uh, it's, I, I mean, it's really contingent on the pilot and, 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 you know, probably as, as the listeners can tell, there, there wasn't a whole lot of thought I put into this beyond the pilot, because honestly, once you get past that point, it's really, I, I mean, you, you could go in a lot of different directions, you know, and, and all of and some of those directions could be the wrong ones. But, um, I do feel like if they go this route with it, I think that would be the most interesting route from a fan perspective. Um, so I, I remain cautiously optimistic. It'll be interesting if there's any other stories that come out between now and when the series debuts, which I would expect it to. I would expect them to come up with something that basically gives a premise, you know, of, of what they're shooting for. And I'll be interested to see if they try to pull at that thread I'm talking about. Or maybe they just go and they literally do just kind of a it's the future and we're starting this whole thing all over again. I, I they, they could very much go that route, too, which then I become significantly less enthused Mm -hmm. Um, because in my mind, I I really feel like, and and I know it was just yesterday I I thought of all this, but, but I, and it is my idea. So of course I'm going to like it, but, but I feel like this is really the only Avenue that they can go down. That would be sensible, you know, given what more did with the other series. I I just don't, I, I mean, maybe they will surprise me and come up with some alternative, unique way of, of getting, me interested and back into the story that I never even thought of. And I'm going to be like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. But I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, once it gets into that realm where it gets away from this kind of linkage to the old series to, or, or to the, the 2000 series to, to now, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I get to where you are, where I'm just very pessimistic about what they're going to do. Well, let me add to that pessimism a little bit uh, because in, buried in kind of one of the stories that we, we used as our research, and when I say research, I definitely have my little air quotes up because our research essentially is going to the internets and going, what's everyone else saying? Father, I went um, to the library. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Peacock launch. <sighs> Man, I, it has been highly entertaining to hear, hear you just, just groan every time you say that word. Mostly because I want to abbreviate it, but yet I refuse to do so because I don't want to lower myself. You want to, to call that it the level. PC, the PK? Uh, no, I'll, I'll give you another shot at that, but we'll talk about that off air. Okay. Uh, so oh, apparently, this uh, this uni- this this <laughs> launch is going to include uh, other reboots as well. Oh gosh, why don't they call it Reboot Central then? It's going to include reboots of Saved by the Bell. Oh God. Featuring original cast members, including Elizabeth Berkeley and Mario Lopez, because we both know they ain't busy. <laughs> and, and, Punky Brewster, starring Soleil, Soleil Moon Fry. Because again, I don't know if she's all that busy. I, I really don't know what Miss Fry has been up to all these days. Why don't they just call this the reboot? I mean, that- can I just tell you, I, I, I hadn't, I had not seen that, or I had forgotten that part of one of the articles I I just want to state for the record, we are screwed. (laughs) Or here's one streaming service I won't put money into. (laughs) I think I might have just saved myself six ninety nine per month Uh or whatever this was. (laughs) 
because I'll be damned if I'm going to go in the Save by the Bell oh my again. Gosh. No kidding. Do I really need to know what Slater? I mean, actually, uh, Mr. Belding passed away, right? Uh, I don't. Didn't he? Didn't he die a couple of years ago? I don't remember. Let me look that up. Or was it? Didn't actually wasn't didn't Screech get into some kind of shady stuff or something? Something really weird happened with that group of folks that I I don't. Ugh. Good lord. Anyways, I am not anxious for any of this. Uh, Mr. Belding, I'm, Dennis Haskins is still alive. He is. Well, God bless Mr. Haskins. Uh, you know, that's good. I mean, um, good I mean, at least mine last episode was a little more forgivable because I thought Polly from from Rocky passed away and man, that guy's got to be like 90 or something. Bert Bert Young's got to be up there. Yeah. Well, you know, Bert Bert will still Bert would kick your ass. I'm just saying. Bert Young is 79. If, and I mean, Richard Haskins start, is 69. They're only 10 years apart, believe it or not. Huh. Ooh, that's they look about 30. <laughs> they they do. <laughs> I mean, Burt Young looked 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 rough back in the 70s oh my and now <laughs> He did. Dude. You're not lying either. That, that is I a mean, very true statement. Oh my gosh. He might have been like he might have been like it is so weird when you look back at old, at like older photos and older shows and stuff like that and people really their age just and then you realize, like, oh, people didn't think about secondhand smoke back then. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes, yeah, smoking is healthy. <sighs> Filters, oh, those are for wimps. <laughs> you know, like, oh, my gosh. Oh, it's funny. Anyways, I think we've wrapped this up. I think we can both uh, say that that both of us are, 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 are best, like, thumbs in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Actually, no, I, I would say at best we're both meh. Yeah. At worst, we're like, oh, dear God, please make it stop. What, what do you think of my idea of ending it on COBOL? I think that'd be cool, but the thing is, you got to actually get there. Give me an actual premise that will, because, I mean, the thing that I don't have very much confidence in, there's very few studios uh, or, or, or writers or directors who I have, like, a given amount of faith in to take a property that I enjoy and like and actually cherish it to a degree where they will do something good with it. Yeah. Rather than just, I wonder how I can milk as much money out of this as possible before people realize I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I hope that's not the case with this, mm -hmm. but I am not completely dismissing that possibility. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I, I, I don't know this. I don't know Esmail. I don't know much about him. Uh, Ron Moore seems to think he's an okay guy, which, hey, that's fantastic. I, I, I have heard know. a lot of good things about Mr. Robot. I've, I've not watched it myself, but I have heard a lot of good things about that show, the storytelling behind it. So he you know doesn't seem like he's coming from a place of, of not having some measure of success. Mm -hmm. so. Which, I mean, good. At least they're getting somebody qualified. It's not like, you know, yeah. hey, this person is... Hey, he directed the Save by the Bell reunion. In the words of Bobby ago. the Brain Heenan, he's not a ham and egg. Oh, humanoids. <laughs> and on that note, uh, I think I think we ought to wrap this up, and we ought to head into uh, our final, or second to final, second to last, second to final. This is the next thing that we're going to do, and it's called And Another Thing. And Another Thing. So, sir, uh, why don't you uh, why don't you go first on yours? Because I see that you once again are just outpacing me in terms of like class. <laughs> so, you go right ahead. 
Uh, well, I think it was a few weeks back when we recorded our last episode that I mentioned to you uh, this. And, and I was driving back from watching a play with my wife and we had it on the Sirius XM jazz channel. And uh, like Sunday is at like five, I think from five to seven, there's a show called Miller time with Marcus Miller, who mm. just an incredible bass player. Oh my oh, gosh. Marcus is a funky human being. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Good. Just gives you the stink face all dang day. And like, oh. yeah. And, and he put on this song that he did in 1981 with Miles Davis called fat time. Mm. And I played it for for my oldest son because he's he's a he's a trombone player, and I was having him listen to this because it was just it, it was this great fusion of, I mean, you've got electric guitar, you've got Miller on bass, um, you've got Miles Davis playing the horn, and it's nine and a half minutes of just this weaving mm-hmm. in and out of, um, you know, Davis playing his his style, um, Marcus Miller doing his thing on the bass. The guitarist is just incredible with the fills. I mean, there's one point, like there's different parts of the songs where different instruments have a solo. And when the guitarist starts to play, there's a point where um, for a minute, like for a split second, it almost sounds like he's doing like the beginning of Spirit of the Radio for the, that, that Rush does. Um, yep. I, I mean, it's like it's like the, the guitar solo is that, you know, just that intricate and that complex. It's just he, he's yeah. just amazing. And then Davis playing his his trumpet and and the tunes, you know, just the riffs that he's playing are just just incredible. It just all comes together in this awesome funky song. Um, and so my end another thing is the album that that song is on, which is called "The Man with the Horn," and it was an album like I mentioned released in '81. Uh, it features Al Foster on drums, Bill Evans on sax, Mike Stern and Barry Finnerty on guitar. Um, it was Davis's first new release. I didn't realize this since 75. So I was born in 75. So he, he mm-hmm. apparently started a six year reclusive retirement and he came out of yeah. it and did this. And it's a rock oriented album, fuses eighties pop with improvisational funk and fusion style. Um, and, uh, it, I guess it marked a return to his more traditional trumpet playing. I mean, it's, it's very smooth, very funky. Um, so I, anyways, I'm just recommending it just cause it's just, it's a throwback. It's, it's nothing new, but when you listen to it for the first time, you just can't help but be blown away by the sound. And uh, uh, so that's my uh, and another thing. Yeah, and you sent me the link for, or you you referred me to that, and I listened to that. And yeah, that is that is funkier than a mother. It's <laughs> it's it's fantastic. It is such a good such a good record. And Marcus Miller is just such a great. He he is he is a fantastic player. He's also just great in a live setting. Like watching some of his live clips, mm-hmm. he is so good. Oh yeah, he's one of those guys. That just, he's one of those guys that make you angry because of how good he is. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think you're truly a musician until you've gotten pissed off because and you stop listening to something because you're like, dang it, I'm never gonna do that. <laughs> People are like, why don't you like that? And it's like, not that I don't like it. Like, I just, I can't stand it because he's too damn good. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And I think that's, and then you go, eventually you go back. I mean, you don't, you don't ditch them forever, but you go back and then you kind of have this, like, sort of this love-hate relationship. Like, oh, this is so fantastic. But Yeah. And, and mostly you're angry at yourself because, like, I'm never going to be that good. <laughs> nope. Uh, which is, is fan- it's kind of good because it does give you something to chase as a musician. Uh, Absolutely. I think that's fantastic. Absolutely. So I'm actually uh, going to change up my and another thing in midstream here. So we'll see how well this comes up. Does off. this involve Roman uh, Reigns by any stretch or no? No, it doesn't. Oh, okay, good. Um, so I, over the past, um, I'm a, I, I love 
vinyl. I've loved vinyl records. I've all I have had a love affair with vinyl since back when I was in junior high and high school. And actually even before that when I was in grade school, my first real exposure to music was digging through my dad's record collection. And uh I remember the first like Motown like kind of soul R&B R&B song that just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And it was off of a Best of Motown album and it was Stevie Wonder's Uptight. Mm. And I I I it was the it was song one on side B, mm-hmm. I believe. And I dropped the needle on that on this like cruddy little record player that I had as a kid. And I heard the horns come out of that and the drum beat just and I just my my brain exploded inside my skull. So I've loved the vinyl <laughs> since then. And I, nice. I was actually a member of the Columbia um Columbia House Columbia House Record Club mm-hmm. for years because it was the last place you could actually buy vinyl albums. You couldn't buy them. Stores stopped carrying them. They didn't have, like, there was Record Town. You remember Record Town when we were growing up? Oh, yeah. And Record Town stopped selling records. I'm like, well, that kind of sucks. Yeah. And uh, so the only place I could get new albums on vinyl was through the Columbia House Record Club or whatever it was called. And so I've had vinyl for years, and now I've kind of rekindled that love. I got a, you know, I got a good turntable. I've inherited a bunch of vinyl from a couple of different people, and it's been great just listening to stuff. And I, one of my favorite things to do is to go uh, crate diving at, at used vinyl stores and stuff like that and see what I can find. And Bulmos. I came across. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh Bulmos in Portsmouth, baby. When, when, oh. when we were out there over the holidays, oh. uh, well, actually the day we, we, met, we met up, my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, before we uh, the summit, as it's been referred yes, to, yes. Before in, before we had the by nobody at all, just us. Before we had the free range IDC summit, uh, <laughs> we we headed over to Bull Moose, and uh, yeah, my, my oldest is, is is in the process of of kind of building up his own collection right now. So so we nice. grabbed a couple a uh, couple good records from there. So yeah, that is a that's a fantastic place to go because yeah. there's. You have your prime vinyl, but then they also have the discount stuff, oh. which sometimes for three dollars, dude. I, and I'll go even sideways on this. I've I found a uh, a live double album, the Ike and Tina Turner show, was and it's an entire concert with them. And that was this was like at the peak of like when they had the the backing band was the Kings of Rhythm. You had the Ikeettes, you had Ike and Tina, and I mean, say whatever you want. I mean, there's a whole lot of background to Ike Turner and that whole situation and who he was as a person. That band is one of the seminal bands in R&B. Oh, my good yeah. Lord. I got yeah. that for $3. I, I listened to that. Wow. I was like, oh, that is that is $3 well spent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just wait like, a minute. Wait a minute. It, was it $3 or was it three fifty? Oh no! It was three, three dollars flat. Three. It's like it's like a sugar cube melting on your tongue, dude. It's awesome. Oh. Um, but anyway, so uh, actually, at the same time that I went and I found that, I found a copy of uh, Keith Jarrett's The Colne Concert, and I'm probably mispronouncing that. Uh, it's K O with a little umlaut thing over the O L N, and it's this to me is a, it's something I'd heard about, I'd read about, and I'd actually listened to parts of it on uh, on YouTube and Apple Music and stuff like that. It's a it's a, it's this one concert that that uh, that Keith Jarrett is kind of known for, and it's known as almost this weird sort of a successful failure kind of thing. So Keith Jarrett is a uh, is a classically uh, is a jazz and classical music uh, pianist and composer, and he his concerts would essentially be improvisational, and it was just him. 
uh, and the Colm concert was this one, it's kind of this convergence of weirdness that could never happen today. Could never happen today. Then again, the fire Festival happened, so, I mean, anything <laughs> can happen. But it was organized by this 17-year-old guy. Yeah. And he was, uh, he was then Germany's youngest concert promoter. And um, so this happened January 24th, 1975, which, uh, you know, goes back to 1975 in Europe. That was two days after uh, I was born. There you go. So this happened a wicked long time wicked. ago. Wicked. And and um, so basically what happened is, uh, like any musician of a certain a, a stature, Keith Jarrett could uh, say what kind of piano he wanted. And he had requested a certain type of piano. Unfortunately, messages got crossed. They had a different piano, and they brought it out on stage. And it was the one that they basically used for rehearsals. So it mm. got beaten on and it was out of tune it was not in good shape it was not even close to being the, the level of instrument that he was used to and so they brought in a tuner and they worked on it and it was still flawed and he had been driving from the previous concert and he had back trouble and all this and decided to go on uh, I forget exactly the the reason why he went on but it, he, he ended up deciding to go on and the entire concert is basically him trying to work around the inadequacies of the instrument Wow, the flaws of this instrument, and he's working around it, and it is a, it is beautiful. It is utterly beautiful music, and especially knowing that backstory, it's fantastic. And I just, yeah. it kind of just made me start thinking on a very philosophical level about you know who we, who we humans are, and how flawed we are, and essentially our entire life is like this. We are trying to work with the imperfections of our life, and trying to work with them. And I know this is not. You're waiting for more fart jokes or something. I know. I'm. <laughs> I didn't mean to go so deep on oh, you, but really, man. it is a it is a gorgeous concert, and you'll probably I'm 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 believing you can find it on pretty much any streaming platform. If you can find it on vinyl, it sounds amazing. Um, and what's it called again? Just, it's uh, Keith Jarrett. That's J A double R E double T. Oh my God! You had to whip. You had, you had to bring that back. Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> Listen, slap nuts. Um, oh, so, sweet Moses. And it's the Colm concert, and I'll I'll post a I'll post a couple links. I'll post to the Wikipedia article for for Keith Jarrett. I'll also post the background for this concert, and I'll see if I can find a a good place to find it of a high quality. But it is it is a fantastic album. It is well worth the investment of listening to this and it's what uh what henry rollins calls uh he he'll listen to music but he'll then he'll have specific times that he will sit down and and actively listen and he calls it like protein listening like you're, <laughs> you are getting all the nutrients this is definitely yeah. worth some active listening it is amazing nice. it will it will take you places emotionally it's 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 gorgeous it's gorgeous nice. and like i said it will just thinking about the backstory and everything has been really good for me uh, and interesting to me over the past uh, week or week or two. Very cool. So that's it. Very cool. Well, thank you once again, sir, for uh, for uh, jibber jabbering with me. I I certainly appreciate it. And dude, you you almost brought me around on that. You almost brought me around, and then my my native pessimism took over. So I'm sorry if I I let you. I down. think you did have a fantastic ideas. I I think they're great. Thank you. Well, you you know I I figure you know rather than just rag on the whole thing, which which. Uh, is completely that's my natural bet. <laughs> well, it's completely understandable. <laughs> um, you know, I thought it would be uh, 
apropos to at least dip the toe into the creative river uh, and and try to propose a way that it might possibly work because it it, it you know as I was thinking about this leading up to the show it was it, it was now when you say the river are you talking about like Leoben you know you see the river you see the flow exactly you know, I'm, okay. I'm talking about the, the the Cylon data stream my friend oh, um, see. see what I did there uh, wicked deep wicked deep uh, you know layers baby layers um, <laughs> <laughs> something we've never been accused of having no sure. no not at all no you know I, th- I I think it'll be interesting to see where it goes but uh, but yes I, I I will say further comment until the the the, the benediction but um, yeah well I it sounds like this new service is actually premiering in April this year so I have no idea when this is actually I mean I, huh. I don't know if they've been filming this or what. If they've been filming it, it sounds like everything has been announced and all that. I have no idea what their actually yeah. their schedule is. Which, when you when you have a name like Peacock, it actually is kind of fitting that you didn't announce anything and that there's little or no information because it sounds like it's just being run by a bunch of Muppets. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, who knows what'll happen or when we'll actually get to see that? Mm-hmm. But oh well. Hey, before we get to the benediction, I just want to drop a little. Uh, numerology on you here real quick uh, just before oh we boy. say the thank yous to the listeners because I think we need to send an extra, extra special thank you. Uh, this l- doesn't involve math, does it? Because I suck at that. Uh, kind of, but not really. Uh, beginning oh, of last geez. week, we were at 450 downloads. Uh, tonight I looked. We're at 496, my friend, so I don't know Oh, I don't know where 46 came from, but 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 to, to, to the people's listening, I, 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 I think a big thank you is in order. Well, hot damn! You know what? I uh, we're I, we're, I, we're four I, away hang, from the five hundo, my friend. <laughs> hang, hang on a second, heal me. All right, I, <laughs> that was a, to, that was apropos. Uh, yeah. So you know, I I I would I just wanted to do this right. I just want to offer a toast mm-hmm. to all of the folks who have uh, made this possible, who are listening to us. Dear Lord, I don't know why you are, but I appreciate every single one of you. Um, <laughs> I, I again I don't even know why I mean our wives don't listen to this so I mean <laughs> I asked my wife again tonight I'm like have you listened to any of these shows hell no I don't listen to them <laughs> alrighty then <laughs> oh it's hysterical <laughs> <sighs> love you too honey anyways which I totally get, because I mean, anyone who's listened to more than oh. one episode is like, if I had to listen to your to your stuff every day, I wouldn't be listening oh. to your freaking podcast anyway. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical! You'd be you'd be lucky to be living in the house and not in the garage. <laughs> Actually, never mind. How about the shed? That's right. That's right. But uh, but a toast to everybody who has who has listened and downloaded and subscribed and 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 perhaps even recommended this to a to a friend. Hell, if you or a friend if you of a friend or a friend of a friend uh, of an enemy, you know what I mean. Or, you know, friend of a friend of a sailor. Or, no, wait, that's a different thing entirely. <laughs> but but here is to you. Mm-hmm. Here is to you, listener. We appreciate each and every one of you, even if it's the same person downloading this 495 times all on their own. Whatever. Salute. <laughs> salute. <laughs> a salute and a chin chin. There we go. There we go. Very nice. Oh, good lord. Okay, so that's enough shenanigans for uh, for one night. Uh, I think it's time that we shenanigans, shenanigans. You know, oh potato, potato. That's hysterical. With enough whiskey, it all makes sense. Of course. That's a that's a meeting advertisement right uh-huh. there. Um, so uh, once again, we we bring this to a close. Thank you all for listening. If you've been listening to this entire thing, good lord, get yourself a drink on us because. 
you deserve it. And uh, so we are going to bring this to a close. And as always, I like to I like to hand this off to the 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 less idiotic half of the free range idiots. <laughs> oh, good lord! <laughs> Granted, it's a it's a small margin. I mean, it's a small it margin. Small but, margin. But uh, but you know you you do you are the more respectable of the two of us. Again, it's. <laughs> It's splitting hairs, but I think it is also an important hair to split. Thank you. Uh, so I like to hand it off to Tim, and he 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 kind of brings it all together, ties it up in a nice and neat bow, and then hands it to you. And not just hands it to you. He kind of he kind of does that thing like in Love Actually, where he he rings the doorbell, and then he's got the carolers on the on the boombox because <laughs> I mean, well, who has a boombox these days? But he found one, and he's got it there. And then he's he's got all the cue cards and stuff like that. And then he hands it to you in a nice bow package. And then he leaves. And then you go, well, what the crap was that? I thought we were going to be together forever. But that doesn't happen. So what you do is you just open it up, and you're like, well, that was nice, but oh well, I'll just wait till the next episode. So what I like to do is bring it home. I like bring it home, it brother. Home bring it home. And have have him just deliver kind of a a, a, a summing up, a, a, a benediction, if you will, for whatever the hell it is that we've been talking about for the last hour and 35 minutes, 34 minutes, whatever it is now, and just kind of bring it all home. I'm tired. I don't know what the hell I've been saying. So can you take it from here? I will take it from here. Thank you, my friend. In summary, after much discussion, after looking at the pros and cons, I think it comes down to just three basic things. Sam Ismail and company, please. Treat BSG well, do it justice, mm. be creative, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, surprise us, for goodness sakes. Do something original. Take this to the next level, if that's even possible. Uh, for if you do, we will be forever grateful. Uh, with that being said, please hit the lights on the way out. So say we all. So say we all. I got the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon, what did you say? You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. So say we all. So say we all. I mean, that really got out of hand fast.